And we're live here on the Fantrax YouTube and Twitter channels talking Week 11 fantasy football. We have a stream on, not a stream, we have a game on right now, the the Ravens versus the Bengals. This has been pretty awful to watch so far because we had Mark Andrews exiting the game early. Lamar Jackson left the game for a brief moment. We were concerned there. Joe Burrow is now in the medical tent. I don't know what's going on with this game. It was set up to be so nice, and it looks like a bunch of injuries. So hopefully everybody else is good. It looks like Mark Andrews is not right now. Uh, but we're talking Week 11 fantasy football. We'll get into what specifically in a second. So every week for a Fantrax article, I look at every single matchup for that week's slate, and then I identify who has a positive matchup. And by positive matchup, I usually look at a combination of a few things. I look at uh, yardage allowed by that defense. I look at the fantasy points per game allowed by that defense. And then I just look at the player performance and, and trends specific to that player. So <clears throat> we have a handful of guys to highlight tonight, and uh, the first one, on that list will be Jerome Ford. So Jerome Ford gets the Pittsburgh Steelers, who allowed the 10th most fantasy points per game to running backs and the 8th most rushing yards per game this season. Back in Week 2, Nick Chubb rushed 10 times for 64 yards against the Steelers before sustaining that horrible season-ending knee injury. This meant Jerome Ford stepped into the lead-back role, and he thrived in it in that game, rushing 16 times for 106 yards, and he scored a receiving touchdown. Ford finished as the running back six against the Steelers, who he plays this week. Back in week two, he finishes the running back seven the very next week and also the running back 10 in week seven. Ford was previously dealing with some injuries, which meant an uptick, uh, uptick in Kareem Hunt's usage. But he played 64% of the snaps the last two weeks now, catching five passes in week nine and then rushing for 107 yards in week 10. 25 and then 18 touches the last two weeks makes it clear that it's not really a committee now between him and Kareem Hunt. It's more Jerome Ford. Good matchup that he already thrived in. We like him this week. Let's talk Devonta Adams. Miami allows the 12th most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. Devonta Adams has been awful this season. Just evident by his fantasy finishes. Wide receiver 29, wide receiver 17, wide receiver 2. That was good. Wide receiver 19, wide receiver 45, wide receiver 70, wide receiver 25, wide receiver 100, wide receiver 45, wide receiver 21. So some, you know, not terrible performances in there. But when we're looking at where he was drafted, where the expectations were to what the performances has been, it's been a bad year. Just just, just as plain and simple as we can get it. So last week's performance was a hopeful sign of things to be a little bit better. Uh, we're looking at. Six catches on 13 targets for 86 yards. Back in week four, uh, rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell, who is starting this coming week, hyper-targeted Adams 20 times, which I feel like could be the same case in this Miami matchup. Maybe not 20 times, but the same sort of emphasis on Devonta Adams in a game that probably is going to have to be through the air. Uh, in week 11, um, in, a, in an attempt against a powerful offense. So I, I still believe in the talent of Devonta Adams. I think the situation is, has not been great. But at the end of the day, volume is king when it comes to fantasy football. He had a good amount of targets last week. 
He's had a great amount of targets in a week with Aiden O'Connell already. And I think against Miami, it's going to have to be the case. They're going to have to emphasize Devonta Adams. Raheem Mostert, the same game. The Raiders allow the eighth most fantasy points per game to running backs and the fourth most rushing yards per game this season. Mostert has been limited at practice this week with, with ankle and knee issues. And we have Devonta Chain set to suit up uh, this week after being on the IR. But I think if Mostert's healthy, it's going to be a good week for him. Mostert scored 13 total touchdowns in the season, finished as a top five running back three times, and he's rushed for 115 plus yards twice this season. I, I think A-Chain is going to be good, right? I think he's explosive. I just doubt he's going to come off the IR and just take the job completely away from Raheem Mostert, who's been good this season. So if Raheem Mostert is good to go this week, I like him in this Raiders matchup. Wouldn't it be a podcast, wouldn't it be a stream if a Bears homer didn't talk about a Chicago Bear? And it's ironic because I, I don't get to go to the Bears games too often, but uh, my wife and I went to the game on Thursday last week, her first ever Bears game. Um, I haven't been in a few years, and unfortunately, Justin Fields did not suit up. I think he was close, though. I think he was close. I bet you he could have played, and they played it safe knowing it was not you know, a tough matchup against the Carolina Panthers. So I just missed Justin Fields playing. He's back this week against the Lions, who allow the ninth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. And, you know, similar to last season, it took Justin Fields a couple of weeks to really heat up. And he did just that in weeks four and five, heating up. 335 passing yards and four passing touchdowns in week four, followed by another four passing touchdowns in week five for 282 yards. I went back and forth with several people, uh, in preseason, just saying, hey, there's many, you know, context reasons to why the Bears didn't throw the ball a lot last season, to why Justin Fields did not have a good year through the air. There was a ton of different reasons that I don't even need to outline right now um, and spend too much time on. But I think a lot of people just looked at such a low passing offense and say, you know, and said, there's no way they're going to step up uh, this coming season. And Justin Fields did absolutely that times like 10 in those two weeks where, you know, he was throwing four touchdowns back-to-back -back weeks. So to all the guys that were pulling out the stats about historically this, this, and that didn't happen, I, I, I hope you reflected on that just a little bit. But um, he finishes a top three quarterback in those two specific weeks before exiting the next week, week six, with an injury that has kept him out the, uh, the following four games from the lineup. Fields, we know, led all quarterbacks last season with 1,143 rushing yards. So we know the upside is there. The scary thing is, is that the upside started to be there through the air. And he established a great connection with DJ Moore, who was, who was going off for fantasy football himself. And Cole Komet looked great with uh, Justin Fields this, this, uh, this year so far as well when he was healthy. I like Justin Fields a lot in his first week back, especially just kind of thinking that, you know what, it's not like he, he just started practicing yesterday. I think he could have played last Thursday, and they played it safe. He's good to go in week 11. Same game. To have to talk about Sam Laporta. The Bears allow the fifth most fantasy points per game to tight ends and the seventh most passing yards per game this season. Sam Laporta has been one of the biggest surprises of the season as a second-round rookie tight end selection, ranking fourth in targets and receptions, fifth in receiving yards, tied for third in receiving touchdowns, and fourth in total fantasy points. Laporta has been targeted 10-plus times in three games. He should see plenty of looks in this matchup. That's a plus one for him. Uh, he's been a top five fantasy tight end in three weeks this season, a top 10 tight end in six games, 
and he's only been outside the top 12 three times this year. It's a great matchup for Laporta to continue to impress. I like him to be a huge part of this Lions offense in week 11. Maybe a streaming option here, but Will Levis against the Jaguars, who allow the six most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the third most passing yards per game this season, seems like somebody to maybe take a shot on, just depending on who else you can start. Uh, after a hot start to his career, finishing as a quarterback six in his debut for fantasy football in week eight, Will Levis finishes as a quarterback 21 and quarterback 26 the next two weeks. So not good. Levis finished with 238 passing yards and four touchdowns in week eight, but he failed to throw a touchdown in the two games after and ended up with an interception in both matchups. The 39 passing attempts the last two games in a row, though, is an encouraging sign that Tennessee is allowing their rookie quarterback to sling it. More passing attempts means more opportunities to generate yards, generate touchdowns, generate fantasy points. So I like the fact that he is throwing to a high rate. I like the fact that we did see a big week out of him already. So decent streaming option in a plus matchup against the Jaguars. Let's talk Calvin Ridley. So the Titans allowed the seventh most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. Christian Kirk was the one that finished, you know, with a solid week last week. Uh, he caught six of his 11 targets for 104 receiving yards. And he seems to be the more safe play at the end of the day when it comes to the wide receiver room for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I just want to shoot for upside when it comes to Calvin Ridley. Um, I'll, I'll make the call again, and I'll apologize for it again if I have to. But, you know, he he failed me last week in that 49ers blowout. But the, the Jaguars just looked bad in general in that week. Um, I think it could be a bounce back week. We, we, we've seen the big days out of Calvin Ridley. Wide receiver six in week one, wide receiver nine in week five. Both of those games over 100 receiving yards, both games with a touchdown, and both games with over 20 fantasy points. The issue is just the consistency and volume with you know six weeks of seven or more targets, but also three weeks of under five targets. So if the volume is there, I do like Calvin Ridley in a plus matchup, in an opportunity to bounce back. Austin Eckler faces the Packers, who allowed the seventh most fantasy points per game to running backs this season. Eckler's been disappointing for a chunk of the season because he missed three games. Then he returned and finishes the uh, the running back 25 in week six, running back 40 in week eight. But he's right back to his elite fantasy form. Eckler opened up the season with a running back two finish, then finished as the running back six, running back four, running back four, weeks eight through 10. Eckler has rushed for three touchdowns in the last two weeks and has four on the season. The receiving volume that we so you know tightly tied to Austin Eckler's skill set has been on full display the last three games with eight, seven, and seven receptions in them. So look for him to have some heavy volume per usual against the Packers and continuing to operate as a top five fantasy running back. Jordan Love. So the Chargers allow the second most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the most passing yards per game this season. Jordan Love passed for a season high 289 yards just last week which marked his fifth top 12 fantasy finish on the year. Love has finished four weeks with multiple touchdowns and opened up the year hot with back-to-back -back weeks, throwing three touchdowns. Great matchup to repeat as a top 12 quarterback in week 11. I'm not super sold on Jordan Love every week, but I feel like if the matchup's there, he is a decent streaming option. <laughs> Trey McBride, the, the, Texans allow the third most fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. Trey McBride led the Cardinals in targets with nine last week in Kyler Murray's first start. I think that is significant. McBride caught eight of those nine targets last week for a season high 131 receiving yards and scored 21.1 fantasy points. 
Back in week eight, McBride caught 10 of 14 targets for 95 yards and a touchdown, 25.5 fantasy points. That's two monster performances across the last three weeks with two different quarterbacks. So he's just good. It's just as simple as that. You got two huge performances across the last three weeks due to volume, and he produces with two different guys. He's good. He's good. Target volume paired with receiving yard upside implies that, you know, McBride can be a great play rest of season, but he's a smash start this week just because it's such a pretty matchup. Same game, Devin Singletary. The Cardinals allow the third most fantasy points per game to running backs and the fifth most rushing yards per game this season. Damian Pierce missed weeks nine and 10 and looks to be on track uh, to miss another game. He didn't practice on Thursday. Devin Singletary had a big day in week 10, rushing 30 times for 150 yards and a touchdown. 31 touches last week was an extremely uh, high number of touches. It, it, it's heavy volume, and we love to see that when it comes to running backs for fantasy football. So um, he made the mo most of it last week. The Cardinals present a positive opportunity for Singletary to stay hot. I like him back in lineups if you really need a running back. Kind of pains me to talk about him because I'm, I I whiffed on the only time I said he was a good start last week. Tony Pollard, who I was very anti coming into the season. I had the receipts. I was very out on Pollard. But the Panthers allow the second most fantasy points per game to running backs and the seventh most rushing yards per game this season. It feels like a fantasy matchup that's do or die for Pollard. Uh, after flopping last week in a really good matchup, if he can't perform against Carolina, I, I don't know, you know when he can perform. Pollard finished as the running back five, running back 11, and running back 11 in three different weeks this season, but he's finished as the running back 26 or worse in five games. Pollard has played 64% plus of the snaps in all but one game this year. He had 122-yard rushing day in week three. He's finished two weeks with six or more receptions. As the lead back and one of the better offenses in the NFL, you have to just think that good things should come when it comes to the guy in the backfield. So, I mean, this just kind of has to be the week for Tony Pollard against the Panthers, who have not been good against running backs. Let's talk Terry McLaurin versus the Giants, who allowed the third most fantasy points per game to wide receivers and the 12th most passing yards per game this season. Wide receiver 47 for fantasy football in week 10. I think week 11 is just a major bounce back. McLaurin has finished as a top 20 fantasy wide receiver just three times this season. But what stands out to me is the target volume in the last seven weeks. During this span of games, McLaurin has been targeted eight or more times in six of them and 10 or more times in three of them. So the volume is there. We're just hoping that the production meets the volume, right? Scary Terry has been, uh, he's, he's finished games with 86, 81, 90, 63, 73 receiving yards this season. So maybe not a bunch of 100-yard days, but some decent receiving yards. And I think Sam Howell having the season he is with the volume coming in, we're hoping in a plus matchup that Terry McLaurin has a top 20 week at least. Mike Evans faces the 49ers who allow the ninth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this season. After cooling off weeks eight and nine, he, he finished as a top five fantasy wide receiver just last week. He caught six of his 10 targets for 143 receiving yards and a touchdown. Week 11 marked Evans' fifth week scoring 17 plus fantasy points, third week scoring over 20. He's earned 10 targets in four games. He's finished uh, week two with 171 receiving yards, scored six touchdowns this season. It's, it's been a good year for Mike Evans. Uh, he will be leaned on heavily in this matchup against the 49ers, who are six and three. You know, it, it is a good defense, but they are very friendly to wide receivers, and the Buccaneers offense is going to have to match the 49ers offense. So Brock Purdy, 
plays, again, same matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who allow the fifth most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the second most passing yards per game this season. Brock Purdy is finished as a top 12 quarterback in back-to-back weeks and five times this season. Purdy's coming off of his best fantasy week, throwing 19 for 26 for 296 yards and three touchdowns. He threw 365 yards back in week eight. He's thrown a 70% plus completion percentage in five games, and he's thrown multiple touchdowns in four games this season. Smash matchup for a quarterback who is hot right now. Brock Purdy is probably going to be my start of the week when I come out with that video tomorrow. So Brees Hall plays the Bills, who allow the 11th most fantasy points per game to running backs this season. Brees Hall has cooled off the last two weeks as the running back 23 and running back 27. After being on fire weeks five through eight, since week five, Hall has ranged from 52 to 70% of the snaps played, and he's coming off of a game where he played 70% of the snaps. So it, it's it's just telling you that Dalvin Cook is nothing but a handcuff at this point. Back in week five, Hall rushed for 177 yards and a touchdown. He finished week five, week six, and week eight with five and six uh receptions for 54 and 76 receiving yards three weeks of 20 plus fantasy points across the last five games highlight the combination of rushing and receiving that Brees Hall can put on display at any week so I think week 11 in a plus matchup against the Bills who've running backs have been pretty efficient against will be a good bounce back last guy to talk about on this podcast but Joshua Dobbs. So the Broncos allow the seventh most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks and the 10th most passing yards per game this season. Joshua Dobbs finishes the quarterback five and the quarterback three the last two weeks during his time as a Viking after totaling three top 10 fantasy finishes as a Cardinal in the weeks prior. Dobbs is rushed for 66 and 44 yards with a rushing touchdown in each game as a Viking. He's coming off of 268 passing yards. Uh, Justin Jefferson's trending towards playing, which means Dobbs will have one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league, on top of TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison at his disposal. So you got a guy rushing the ball well with a very, very good set of weapons who has been balling out all season. You got to like Joshua Dobbs this week. That'll do it for the live stream. Make sure you are following the Fantrax socials wherever you did see this. Good luck in your Week 11 matchups.